Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> Your head's always in the clouds. Hey. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. Mm. Thanks so much for being here, Marcus. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you too, Ben. Thank you for having me, okay. as always. <laughs> I have no choice. You're the station director, <laughs> so I have to be with you. It's a formality. It's oh. just it's something that you have to say. Mm. You know, it's like thanks, thanks for having. Me. Are you firing me? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'm firing myself. Oh, all right. Uh, our guest today and my roommate, and he also works for uh, The Guardian. He's in charge of a hit internet television program, a series, and it's called Too Hot to Handle. It's all about climate change. He's also a contributor to Jesse Ventura, and I think it's, what's the network that Ventura's on now? He's on Aura.TV. Aura.TV. It's uh, owned and operated by Larry King. Oh, boom. Yeah. Boom. That's great. That's great. That's a boom. Larry King. He's is on the cusp. Boom? He's on yeah, he's on the cutting edge of hot young millennial shows. Boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. I always like Barry Rothbard's joke about how Larry King is uh, what you think a pastrami sandwich would sound like. All right. <laughs> and Barry Rothbard's a great comedian that we love here on Cave Comedy Radio and on Abelgan's Top Hat. And of course, your name is Travis Irvine. Thank you so much for being here, Travis. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. Oh, what's that? You recognize my voice from television? That's right. <laughs> I was on Fox News at 3 o'clock yeah, in the morning. Yeah, crushed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Three o'clock in the morning on Fox News. Everybody's watching. People can't get enough. Prime time, no time for that. Everybody knows 3 a.m. That's where the quality content comes through. Especially on Fox News. Indeed. I did a show called Red Eye, hosted by our good friend Tom Shalou, and it was a it was a wonderful experience. It was nice. I got to see all my stars in person, and I'm such a nerd. I walked into the Fox News building there, News Corps, mm-hmm. and I saw Ari Fleischer. He's a former press secretary. Oh, he's hot. Oh, it was like I saw Taylor Swift in Soho. <laughs> I was so thrilled, and I started to get the sweats, and then I was just like... He's a nerd. He's a huge what? nerd. Yeah, why am I so... I'm like, Ari, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, my Ari, can I get a selfie with you? I was like Bobby Jindal on the campaign trail uh, trying to get a hot selfie with Ari Fleischer that nobody would have known who he was. Hey, Ana says he's proud of you. Who does? Ano from oh, the live chat. You. We're live streaming this right now. Thank We're going to be doing all live streaming all our shows on Cave Comedy Radio very soon. Right yes. now, you can go to the Facebook page and keep an eye out for when we're live streaming stuff. We usually announce it about 30 minutes before, and you go to the Abling's Top Hat page. But we're also doing a live chat, and uh, number one fan, Ano, says, 
Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. I couldn't have done it without your faves, your likes, and uh, our interactions over social media. I really appreciate that, Anno. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours as well, and I'm actually coming back to Red Eye, 3 o'clock in the morning, July 20th. Yeah. So I was asked back, so I didn't I didn't totally bomb. You, did, you didn't suck. You did, but didn't you look at the wrong camera for most that, of the time? Well, that's, isn't that's that endearing, in, though. Okay. That's an endearing trait. Well, I, I didn't watch the show because I, I'm terrified of watching myself on camera. Oh, God. But yes, I did turn out after the first commercial break because I believe they do what is called live to tape. Uh-huh. And uh, so after the first break, a woman just comes running over to me, and I'm like, oh, my God. It, what has happened? Is there a fire in the building? Are, are you tethering me down to the chair so I burn alive? What is going on here? And she says, you're looking at the wrong camera. You're blowing your big chance. You're <laughs> off the show. And I said, oh, I had no idea. Apparently, you're supposed to look at the huge camera that has a red light above it. <laughs> I was looking at some janitor's mop bucket. <laughs> oh, boy. It was terrible. I felt so embarrassed and mortified. I bought a $300, suit, a $300 suit from Joseph A. Bank, and I'm... Ruining my chance by looking at the wrong damn camera. Joseph A. Bank, you went over Men's Warehouse. You went over Burlington Coat Factory. Oof. I'm proud to be an American because on July 4th, there's great <laughs> deals at Joseph A. Bank. I got it for 70% off. It was a $1,000 suit jacket, wow. and I bought it for 300 Oh, jeez. So I was very, very proud of myself. But anyway. Is that the one that's on the floor in the living room? <laughs> no. I am taking very good care of it because... You know, I usually, as you can see by my three-piece suit that I'm wearing right now, Travis, <laughs> I, I always dress really, really nice. I dress like a um, um, a busy duck. <laughs> you know, just like a busy duck who's about to do a bunch of different kind of duck business. He's got waddling to do. I've got a lot of waddling to do. you got a waddle do. over there. Uh, speaking of waddling, let's talk about, first of all, you've been doing a lot of things with climate change for uh, The Guardian, like I mentioned earlier. So we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. But let's start off with Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton's number one rival for the Democratic nomination for the presidency. <laughs> and he's doing very well. He's getting large crowds out. Huge Be- crowds. Huge crowds. And they're young kids. Kids, I don't mm-hmm. fully understand why an 18-year-old kid would be like, nice, 72, better go listen to him. But nonetheless, <laughs> they can't get enough of the guy. He's in a little bit of hot water with his progressive left uh, party, with his um, people who think he's going to be the savior, the the angel that has come down from heaven to make this country the, the Cuban utopia that they want it to be. Um, he is very against all gun control measures to the extent that in 1993 there was a man and the bill was named after him and his last name was Brady and Brady was the man who took the bullet for Reagan Good job. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Ugh, thanks what? for that. If there's ever no, I'm just kidding. He was a president at the time. You can't kill them. Brady, um, have you seen my jelly? <laughs> 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 anyway, Brady probably ate a lot of jelly after taking that bullet. He was never the same, uh, but he really got used to sitting. And um, so they named a bill after him, the Brady Bill, which was, I believe it was a background check bill, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just like, hey, are you a Looney Tune with bizarre looking hair? Uh, you don't get a gun. Background check and the three-day waiting period. Okay, the three-day waiting uh, period. I mean, again, sorry, uh, gun control, uh, it, doesn't do, it doesn't do enough, but you, I don't think you can. 
It does well. Um, this and is, I think that's where Bernie Sanders and I uh, agree on this. Well, let's talk about it. So, yeah. uh, in 1993, Bernie Sanders began his uh, his uh, right wing extremism on gun laws. Slate, as a matter of fact, just had a completely unbiased article. Literally, the title of of it was Bernie Sanders, comma gun nut. <laughs> but it wasn't like a question mark. It was just gun nut exclamation yeah. mark. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, in this article, they were discussing, you know, that uh, he has basically voted with the NRA every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, even Sandy Hook, for example, the parents of Sandy Hook, not very thrilled with the gun laws in the United States. They wanted to pass a bill, um, you know, for more background checks, for more uh, mental health um, awareness and things like that. He uh, he voted against that bill. This is kind of a surprise, I think, to a lot of his supporters, especially a lot of a lot of the youthful supporters who are totally on board with gun control legislation. Right. Well, but here's the thing about Bernie, because I, I looked into it as well for one of my pieces that I wrote for Ventura, and that is uh, Bernie, he, he comes out, he says, that, you know, I'm, I'm representing Vermonters. Right. And when you look at Vermont, it's a bunch of hippies. They're a bunch of socialists. They want health care for all the kids and all these wonderful, you know, socialist things within the state. But at the same time, man, they love their guns. Yeah. They want their guns in their farms. Right. And, and in, you know, I think they do have a... This is interesting because Vermont has again free health care, mm-hmm. mental health care as well for all, uh, you know, all kids eighteen and under, free, provided by the state. And I almost wonder if that takes care of your Looney Tunes, these Looney Tune kids who are right. getting guns. You know, they have very good education. There, there's not been a mass shooting in Vermont that I know of. I, mean, I don't know if we can fact check. No, that, I don't think that's true. There was one fella who was going around shooting trees, sucking all the syrup out of them. <laughs> mm, that was me. Mm, yeah, that was so- Bernie Sanders. Actually, yeah. Bernie Sanders. That's where he gets all his wacky ideas. The, Ver- the, the Vermont but I, I love Maple it. Bandit. And the piece that I, I cited when I wrote for Ventura was this Daily Caller piece, and I don't I don't remember when it uh, came out, but they, okay. they really they gave Bernie credit. They're like, you know, he may be a socialist and all this stuff, but wow, he is right there on the Second Amendment. He, he right. and Rand Paul must have the same rating from the NRA on on um, gun freedom. Right. Well, well, Bernie Sanders came out and he said 99.9% of all gun owners are very good. Obviously, we have a country where, um, I believe, what is it, there's uh, there's uh, 90 million guns in the country? Quite a bit. More people, or more guns than people. Oh, okay. So oh, good. we have to be about <laughs> 320 million guns or so. But we can find that number. Um, what do you think, you're a big Rand Paul supporter also, is this one of the... Oh, ish, ish. He's the right. best one out of all those Looney Tunes on that side. Out of all the Republicans, and we're going to talk about yeah, Donald yeah. Trump in a second oh, because we have to while he's still alive and still running. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just Until Mexican much. shivs him and rapes him to death. Oh, my classic. That would be, you know, Donald Trump is the villain from uh, the movie Machete. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, Danny yeah, yeah. Trejo movie, which is amazing. Don't see Machete 2. Machete kills again. It's not worth it. Yeah. But I, did you see it, Marcus? Machete 2? Yeah. Nah. It's no good. <laughs> nah. Mm. Number one is a Hollywood classic. Yes, it is. It was great. He flew through uh, a hospital window simply using a man's intestines. (laughs) So you know it's quality Hollywood entertainment (laughs) and and, and accurate. I believe it's uh, it's, it's Robert De Niro that's in that movie, right? That's the main bad guy. He reminds me a lot of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to do a little bit of a correction here on the fact checking. There are not more guns than people in America. The population of the United States is 308.9 million. Mm. There's only 310 million guns in the United States. Oh, so it's about a gun per person. Yeah, just to get more guns in this country. What's happening? (laughs) Not everyone gets a gun. Yeah. 
Are these one of the, now with the with gun control when it has okay so Bernie Sanders is saying I'm Second Amendment. Do you think it's Second Amendment or do you think he's just absolutely terrified of the NRA? And Marcus, can you Google how much money the NRA has given to Bernie Sanders? Um, oh no, this this is Bernie Sanders is one of the most genuine politicians you will find in American politics today. He is literally. Doing you think it, that's true? Yes, because it, he is literally. You know, he doesn't engage in all the trash politics, the negative ads, anything. He's all about policy. That's why he believes in socialism because he looks at countries like Norway and Sweden and Finland and and uh, Iceland, uh, all the lens, and uh, mm. and it says you know if they can do it there, we can do it here. We can do better here. Well, That's why he's from a very you know a very progressive state. Right. And literally the reason he believes in in his gun control stances are because of other Vermonters and the mm. way it works in Vermont. I, I I do believe that. So do you think it would work? Because he does mention like you know. Guns in Vermont are different than guns in Chicago, guns in Philadelphia, guns in New York City. So if he was president, and we'll talk about the potential of that because people are... Oh, it's going to happen. He's rising in the polls, but mm. it's still just sort of like, yeah, I mean, you know, the Knicks might get the eighth seed in the playoffs next year. They're not going to win the championship regardless, you right. know. Sure. Um, but he's doing better than expected, I suppose, simply because he's really the only other candidate that's actually actively pursuing the Democratic nomination. Martin O'Malley's gone nowhere. For some reason, he just doesn't seem to care. And this, uh, the lunatic, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name, the guy who wants to go. Lincoln Chafee? Lincoln Chafee, yeah. <laughs> the guy who wants to get rid of the metric system and, and go towards a, uh, the more European <laughs> measures, uh, you know, standards of measurement, which is a more intelligent choice, but this isn't the time to run as an intelligent candidate in the United States. Right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, this is strange as far as Bernie Sanders goes that the uh, NRA has never uh, actually contributed any money okay. to his campaign. And yeah. uh, Claude Wilson on the chat pointed out that Bernie Sanders was actually rated F by the NRA as what? far as yeah so he's rated as a pro gun control candidate oh well, that's, my that's god somebody's got to call the NRA <laughs> he's complete, they're completely off on that yeah Wayne LaPierre he's going to have he's going to give uh, Bernie a spanking when he gets home you've been rated <laughs> F yeah thank you NRA for your ridiculous rating program and your uh, archaic system of judging uh, quality politicians so he has no money given to him by the NRA whatsoever so this mm -hmm. does bow to what Travis was saying earlier Earlier about authenticity. Yeah, but mm -hmm. then I was also wrong about his rating. I thought he for sure had an A rating. Well, that's why we have a Marcus is in front of the mega brain. That's oh, why thank, I'm here. Yeah, it's like I'm Marks fucking going into it. And our our listeners are also helping out with the mega brain these days. Here's an interesting uh, thing about Bernie Sanders and funding mm. is that the top five industries that gave him money from 2009 to 2014. Number one, the industry is just called says retired. Just retired? Just retired. Just old That's people. It. Yeah, yeah, just so, old people. So what do you guys usually do? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, we don't do we don't do yeah, jack shit. We just, play uh, Scrabble and uh, <laughs> we really like Bernie's crossword policy. Can we just get there? I can't wait. I, my, <laughs> you my parents, now. Yeah, my dad had to uh, retire a little bit early from being a truck driver because he had super bad arthritis, and he squeaked in right before the housing bubble burst and was able to get a place in a retirement community in Fort Lauderdale with my with my mother, and uh, they're the young bucks. He's, he's 60 years old, and he's the youngest one in this place, uh, but everyone tends to be Jewish, and they remember World War II, and they call him a Nazi, and he cries. <laughs> <laughs> but he is loving the retirement life. Every time I go visit them in this community, I'm just like, I want to skip the whole middle. Mm -hmm. I just I feel like 
it's it's all it's the opposite of what I think about uh, you know um, moon pies. I love the middle, and I, I get rid of the outside. I don't want none of that bread. So you just like marshmallows? Yeah, you just buy marshmallows. You don't have to buy a whole moon pie and harvest the marshmallow. <laughs> but then, but, I need to get to the marshmallow. Yeah, <laughs> I also like to be in touch with my caveman roots. I really like to hunt, and sometimes that marshmallow is relatively invas- uh, evasive, especially if you put it in the microwave. For that 10 explains seconds. all the moon pie crumbs I've been finding in the bathroom. <laughs> I do most of my eating after midnight on the toilet. On the toilet. Um, but that's, on the toilet. <laughs> that's okay. You know what I call a toilet? Just a flushable garbage can, um, which is kind of fun. Put some chips in there and have a nice time. But retirement just seems like a great time. So retired, that's giving uh, yeah. some massive money to Bernie Sanders. Number two is says Democratic slash liberal. So I guess that's just from the party, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. no. I mean, these are these are the and, voting blocks. Well, so even, Democrats yeah, and even liberals. retired yeah. would be, you know, probably people who are he's right along with him on the Social Security and the, the Medicaid and mm-hmm. everything, all the benefits. Yeah. Right. right? No. He, he's a very very he's a stickler for benefits. He loves a good benefit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Number three is uh, public sector unions. Mm, okay. Of course, union guys. Yep. No, number four is lawyers and law firms. Mm, that well, seems because good. he's a civil he's a uh, civil liberties guy. Okay. Just just like uh, Rand Paul and all those kids. Mm. He was very uh, NSA. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And number five is health professionals. Ah. That makes sense. He likes the universal health care. So basically healthcare. everybody who would benefit from his policies support him, and that makes all the sense What about the, the cheese industry? What are they saying? <laughs> and the syrup? Ben, you're the cheese person around here. As a spokesperson for the cheese industry, I want <laughs> to yeah, say you- <laughs> that we love Bernie Sanders um, on his curd policies which is he always says if it squeaks I eat and uh, we can't agree and we can't agree with him more (laughs) if it squeaks I eat and it goes in my cheeks I'm not sure what big cheese thinks about him That's for sure. (laughs) But where are some other policies because you follow the libertarian wing of the um the political ideology uh, of the libertarian uh, thinkers. Mm. Where, where do you see Rand and Bernie coming together, like on gun control and things mm-hmm. like that? What are some other policies where they tend to be, uh, where they get along? Because the media, if you would uh, you know, watch the media coverage, they are polar opposites, usually characterized as polar opposites. But in reality, there's a massive um, a connection. Right, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what I wrote about because I've given twenty dollars to both of them. Right, and, and you wrote th- you wrote about uh, this for an article for Ventura, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, they're right. They're on the same side on uh, less defense spending, less war. Uh, they're right together on the civil liberties that we were talking about. Uh, no, you know, no drones, not having the NSA spy on everybody. Look right. at your dick pics. Uh, they are right along the same on, uh, oof, mm, boy, I am blanking pretty hard here. But basically the civil liberties and- uh, Can I look at my article? Can we look at my article? We, <laughs> sure, let's look at the Can we look at the, the thing that I wrote that I don't remember writing So let's, let's ask the inverse of that then. So where do they really separate? They separate on the economic policies. Then in okay. fact, there's a great spar between them on healthcare where Rand Paul is going on some, you know, again, Rand Paul, he does this sometimes. Uh, he, he's going on some loony uh, comparing, basically comparing uh, if you have to, if you're forcing a doctor to work for the government mm-hmm. against his will, you're making him a slave. 
That's essentially what his argument was. And and well, Bernie's right yeah. there, and they've got a doctor in front of him. And Bernie was like, hey, you know, just to go against my counterpart here, do Miss Doctor, do you feel like a slave? And she's like, no, I, I enjoy my job very much. And then Bernie's like, well, there you go, you know. So they, they differ in right. economics, well, uh, health care, things like that. Socialist man, policies, basically. Yeah. Um, which is nice because essentially libertarians and progressives, they agree on the big things. You know, if, <clears throat> if Bernie... Iran could work on civil liberties and less defense spending and less war together. That would take care of so many problems uh, right, right off the bat. And then they can sit there and spar over economic policy all they want, you know, yeah. at that point. I would love to watch them spar. Put them in some boxer shorts, give them some gloves, get a ring there, and just watch two old flabby white dudes go after it. The old <laughs> 1910 version of boxing. <laughs> that would be perfect. So what Rand was saying with that was uh, about taxes, right? So he says the more the government taxes you, the more you become enslaved to the government. I think the rhetoric becomes a little bit heated when you say the word slavery, especially as a white dude well, he was, uh, who is in uh, you know, the Republican Party. Well, that's the interesting thing. Do- uh, he's Dr. Rand Paul. He is a doctor. He's an eye doctor. So he's speaking – I think his point he was trying to make was that if you're working for – you know, if, if we uh, – Make all the health care in our country public the way it is in, you know, Iceland, Sweden, Finland, where all the doctors are actually working for the government. Right. Um, he's saying that then you're a slave to the government. That was like his bigger point. But, uh, right. you know, he's but still, of course, he's still in the off. Soundbite world, it didn't really, it didn't really resonate oh God, very, of course very well. Not. I don't even think anybody. I just Googled uh, Sand, Bernie Sanders, Rand Paul, and see if they'd ever even interacted in the Senate. And that was the only thing I could find. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to another person who is truly uh, coming across as quite a racist, uh, (laughs) Donald Trump. And I've been loving this. He's been on sort of a very interesting tour, usually after a politician makes a... Uh, misspeaks. They always say, I misspoke all these things or whatever. I've, I've evolved on an issue, something like that. Of course, when he made his announcement, he just happened to mention that 80% of Mexicans are rapists, the, the ones that are coming into the country. But in reality, he's referring to a stat where 80% of the women, 75-80% of the women uh, who come to the United States report being raped or sexually assaulted on the way through, uh, on, on the journey. And oh, you can geez. imagine these, these journeys. Course, that's are what the, would happen. So yeah, it's the I mean, coyotes and just the general... The types of terrible people who deal in human smuggling, mm-hmm. human trafficking, they yeah, are human the, trafficking. Yeah, the, are are bad people? Uh, yes, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, wow. They, I mean, she's the, the people that they're traveling, uh, the, the the towns they're traveling through, uh, you know, to get to the United States, traveling through Mexico. I think it's only fifty two percent of the immigrants, illegal immigrants in this country, are actually Mexican. Mm-hmm. But those people are all sort of Matthew McConaughey from uh, from. Um, uh, what's the name of the stoner movie? Oh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Why does he like high school chicks? He gets older, but they stay the same age. So these people are just sort of staying in their small enclaves, their small towns in Mexico or wherever. And they're like, every week we get a new shipment of women. Mm-hmm. And then they just pass on through. And obviously, what are the legal rights for these women? They're going to press charges in some Mexican cartel town. Mm-hmm. They want to get out of there as quick as possible. So that's where he just got it all wrong. The people that are coming to this country, most many of them who work for him, building a building a hotel right now in Washington D.C., um, aren't the rapists. The victims of of sexual assault uh, are often the women who are coming to the country. So yeah. he totally misspoke about that. But like I was saying, usually politicians, uh, you know, they pull back a little bit. They they apologize. They uh, 
he has doubled down, he tripled down. down. Oh, so he, is, hard. he is LeBron James in the playoffs. He is just triple doubling all over this thing. Yeah. And uh, he refuses to back down. I saw him today. He was he was giving a speech to M- or give gave a uh, interview to MSNBC to CNN, and I must say, one of the greatest presidential interviews, candidate interviews I have ever heard in my life. He does not give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He, and pretty much what he says, like you know, I didn't expect the reaction to be this bad, yeah. which is the same thing as saying. I'm sorry if you got mad. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, not, right. not, I'm sorry that I yeah. said, and it's like, I'm sorry you got so mad about this. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, the reaction that he's getting right now by the public, not all public, of course, because there is this idea of like, he's just telling it like it is. But for some reason, that rhetoric or that, that uh, statement always goes with rhetoric that's just like really racist. <laughs> he's just telling it like it is. You're like, I don't know. I think he's just uh, telling it like the way that he wants uh, you to see it as an ignorant group of the population who thinks that the Mexicans uh, and illegal aliens are the ones causing the vast majority of violence. And, of course, we have that shooting in San Francisco of the innocent woman with the Sanchez guy who should have been deported because uh, San Francisco is a sanctuary city. So it, it is bringing up a lot of interesting things. And certainly immigration has to be uh, reformed. But uh, the rhetoric is obviously just throwing red meat at a bunch of uh, hungry, hungry dogs who feel as if the white man's been kind of oppressed over the past few years under Obama. Oh, yeah, of course. And the best part that I liked about Trump's statement is that uh, he also threw out the... Uh uh, some of them, I assume, are good people. Some are some. Yeah, the ones who work for me yeah, are great. Like, they are murderers, yeah. rapists, and uh, thieves. And uh, some of them, I assume, the ones that work for me. Yeah, I hope they're good people. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, he's covering all his bases. Yeah, he and, is. And this morning, he claimed, "I'll win the Latino vote." He's gonna win it. <laughs> he said because he's like, "I'll win the Latino vote because I'll create jobs. I'll create jobs, and the Latinos will have jobs they didn't have. I'll do better on that vote than anybody. Oh I will God, win that vote." So dumb. He's the dumbest man alive. I <laughs> love so him. I'm gonna say like, this. How though. did he? How did you? Uh, so they got a. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I am now that I'm. I'm gonna create them jobs so there's more immig- immigrations and the murderers and the rapists and the thieves can know. all come over and get more jobs. Ugh. I love. I really have been. It's been a breath of fresh air, though. Mm-hmm. I, I think his candidacy oh, yeah. is so fun, and really, the, the thing was silly make, enough. Yeah. He's gonna make yeah. it to the first debate. Mm-hmm. He's going to, and mm-hmm. that's going to be the highest rated uh, presidential debate in the history of debates. And he's going to look like uh, you know Ross Perot's running mate, General Stocktail, up there. Who and, am I? Why am I here? Right. <laughs> and it's just going to be the most fun thing ever. I wanted to vote for that guy so bad when I was eight. <laughs> oh, I love General Stockdale. My my bus driver was a huge uh, Ross Perot fan. So was my dad. My dad and my mom. Uh, that's really where I learned to love third parties. Where it was just like, oh yeah, I'm done with this Republican Democrat shit. Mm, when it right. was, not just Ross Perot, who was you know, hilarious, but when when he rolled out Admiral Roll Stockdale, right. Stockdale, what's that? My hearing aid wasn't on I, he he opened up so hot and then you just watch it just go oh boy god I just, loved it uh, it was so neat and it then, was perfect and then you had Dan Quayle and Al Gore uh Going back and forth was so good too. Yeah, I mean Dan Quayle Dan and Al Gore, such a pussy for a, for a vice presidential, for a vice president. And I forgot he was vice president for four years. I mm-hmm. think if you have a vice presidential debate, and there tends to be one, both of the vice presidential nominees have to wear shorts, floaty devices, uh, croakies, those things that hold your glasses up when you're at the beach, <laughs> and a little sunscreen on their nose because it's just amateur hours. It's just amateur. It's hours. where the children come to play. So it's with Sarah Palin, Joe Biden. With, I want know, a sandcastle competition. Yeah, right. Vice presidential debate should simply be a cake off. 
It should be a cook-off, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, it should be an episode of Chopped. Do you guys know that Dan Quayle ran for president in 2000? For a bit-ish, yeah. Just a Did bit. Nail. And he then he came back out again. Yeah, he threw yeah. his name out there. Donald Trump right now, of course, he has been uh, teasing running for the presidency forever. Ever since I can, re- like, since 2008. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm running. And everyone's just like, oh, my God. He's like, no, I'm going to do The Apprentice instead. Uh, he is now, offic- obviously, now that he's officially run, he's getting to hear what every single person says about him in the car ride home from one of his dinners you know because you know he says all that he said this stuff for years yeah. yeah and he's just you know oh mexicans are all rapists and then he's like oh thank you uh sanchez for the you know because everyone everyone that works for him is yeah and uh, and you know for a fact after these dinner parties after after uh, after everybody sort of half ass uh laughs and uh you know they clap hard because they don't want to have the kim jong-un treatment of getting uh you know murdered by the dictator because he because they weren't enthusiastic enough over his funny bit about uh you know, um, some uh, what's the uh, what's the name of the cooking lady? Uh, the Paula Deen. Paula Deen. Yeah, mm. this is some funny Paula Deen bit because you know uh, Donald Trump and Paula Deen seem to have a similar uh, similar ideas on on, on racial issues. Um, you know what they say on the on the car ride back from these events? I mean, they're just mocking him and calling him an asshole. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to actually hear, have an inside voice, be the be a fly on the on the window of whatever sedan they're driving away from, and he understands that people think he's extremely offensive. Oh, the man's very offensive. He's got to be the next president. If we do, if he's not the next president, I don't know what the hell we're going to do with the next uh, eight years. I kind of agree. Wouldn't it be amazing? I mean, the whole world's falling apart. Let's talk about climate change now because we're all melting or getting cold or whatever it might be. I pray to God it's melting. (laughs) It's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. (laughs) Yes. But, uh, you know, there is something about him that is extremely fun. He is going to be self-financed. He's losing just bunches and bunches of money. Um, Do you think he's going to uh, have enough staying power and do you think he even actually wants to be the president for Donald Trump? No, he's he's running to be famous. He's running to stay famous, not be famous. Stay famous. That's what, you know, I love <clears throat> Jesse Ventura can roll out some pretty good opinions now and then. And uh, he rolled out one on Donald Trump. And he's just like, no, Donald's. And he said this uh, back in 2012, too, when Donald was entertaining the thought of running for president. Right. And jumping in the race. Jesse was just like, Donald's just doing this to stay famous. He's I was, just doing it for attention. Yeah. He, it's not even for money. Like you said, he's losing money on this deal. He just loves the attention. He loves that he's getting all this media for saying this outrageous shit. And, uh, you know, he's going to keep doing it. And, that, and that's the problem. Yeah. He's like a kid, in, you know, in a candy who's yelling and we're all looking at him and we're giving him the attention that he wants. When really what you got to do to that kid is not look at him and not pay attention to him. So he goes and uh, becomes a murderer and a rapist uh, later in his years. You know, well, I mean? you never know what kids can do. Right. Um, yeah. I think, you know, the attention Hillary Clinton just gave a, uh, an interview to CNN and the difference between the interviews are really intense. Mm-hmm. Be- I will say in in Donald Trump's defense, because he's only a four billion dollar heir. So mm-hmm. he needs some defense, Marcus. <laughs> and I'm here to give it to him. Fox News, red eye analyst. <laughs> uh, his interviews are at least honest. Yeah, it, it, and I think this is like the talent like it is. It's not how it is; it's how he sees it. As opposed to Hillary's interview, which was just so. If she's the president, it's going to be the most boring four years in the history of this country. Ugh. And I don't think 
you know, it's just it's going to be she's so a woman? status quo. Because she's a woman. No, because she's just boring. She's yeah. so blah. That's what happened because to her in two thousand eight. She just she's not exciting. She doesn't have a track record of getting shit done. It's no. because she's not constantly having sex with women in an airplane <laughs> like her husband did. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's got nothing. She's come forward on no. She has no real stance on anything. Right. If you ask her what her stance is on something, she'll him and she'll haw, and she won't really say anything right. substantial and. Travis, you're right. She hasn't done anything. Yeah, like no. ask some ask a Hillary Clinton support. It's like okay, yes, you support. It's like oh yeah, I'm 100 percent there. It's like okay, well, name one thing yeah. that she's done. Yeah. that is positive besides going for a mandatory minimum sentencing. Yeah, you know, besides going for a bunch of really bad shit in the 90s. What has she done? Well, right. and of course, voting for the Iraq War. She was busy. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> she was busy as a senator sending off our troops to die. But, uh, you know, thank God for it, because now every time I watch my news channels, I get to see sad commercials for the Wounded Warriors Project. <laughs> mm. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, under, under Hillary Clinton, uh, under her husband, we've talked about it a lot before on this show, there was 800,000 people in prison when Bill took office, and when he left office, there was 1.5 million. So this whole, like, running as a reformist is absolutely ridiculous and that's I think that is uh, that's a title that Donald Trump currently has you can't say there's a more reformed candidate than Donald Trump for better or for worse I mean the whole I mean if Donald Trump is president we're all working in hotels <laughs> all right. what a reform would that would that be but it's crazy what his uh, you know when I went to Uruguay to visit my uh, to visit my aunt and my grandmother the first billboard that I saw was of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. His big, weird, I don't even know if he's ugly or, I don't know what Donald Trump is. Uh, unsettling? Yeah, it's unsettling. unsettling. Yeah, like just yeah. big. Like, it's ugh. like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what was it, uh, Sport Aid, that carbonated sport drink? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Was that was it? it? Yeah, was in that Powerade? Power, no, Powerade wasn't, car- maybe Powerade was the carbonated one. Yeah. Unsettling. <laughs> I hated it. It yeah. always made me uh, burp a little bit when I was trying to play basketball. <laughs> and vaguely threatening, too. It's You yeah. know what it is? It's the way that he projects his head out from his body. Yeah. Mm. It's like, you know how most of us have a straight neck? He projects his head out of his yeah. body like he's leading like with turtle. his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. turtle. Like a big, yeah. fat, orange turtle. Like, you can't lead Tur- with your face. Turtly. <laughs> Turtly. But at the same time, he is forcing the immigration debate for the first time in this country that we've really seen. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is talking about immigration and uh, what they're saying. The statistic is there's roughly like they say it's 11 million to 30 million immigrants uh, in uh, illegal immigrants in the country right now. And I do think it's way blown out of proportion. The amount of uh, violent crime that's committed by them. They say for the most part, there was a Pew Research study that came out that talked about how uh, first generation uh, immigrants and immigrants in general have a much less chance of. A much lower chance of committing violent felonies than people who have been here for a while. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, if you're going to go rob a convenience store, you gotta, you know, you gotta be cozy with the area. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some roots down, mm-hmm. so you have a hideout to go mm-hmm. to go to. Um, at the very least, he is uh, he is making things exciting, and the immigration debate yeah, is, is something that needs center. to be discussed. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not sure if it is the most important issue in this country, but I think it's also sort of a victim of political correctness in the sense that nobody wants to talk about any of these things. And a lot of the uh, more left-leaning media are going to be uh, – I mean, actually, I don't even know if that's true. I was watching CNN, and they just – they've been going crazy about the San Francisco story. Anyway, roughly 30,000 immigrants uh, have been arrested. Illegal immigrants have been arrested for violent crime. And then 212 went on to commit homicide, which really isn't that – much no, no. Yeah, uh, considering there's possibly fraction. any let's just say there's 20 million because everyone's like it's like 11 million or 30 million let's just say it's 20 million it's really not that many uh, people committing violent crimes yeah, if you took mm-hmm. the percentage of criminals in this country convicted criminals how many of them are actually immigrants I mean I'm sure it's, it's it's going to be solidly more Americans committing the crimes than Im- immigrants. Yeah. And just with personal experience, you know, working in the bar business, I know uh, Ed from the Roundtable of Gentlemen on the brighter side, he has great experience in, in, in kitchens and things like that, uh, working at the Village Poorhouse right here in the East Village. I believe it shut down now due to rats. Oh. Uh, but Ed hasn't worked there for years because they don't care about that place whatsoever. Mm. Um they are just, you know, our, my personal interaction uh, with immigrants is, it's just, uh, it's as amazing as it can be. Me as well. So, I don't know. I right? as well. Yep. yep. Uh, here, here. Here, here. Yeah. Anyway, but let's talk a little bit about climate change. So, when Donald Trump is the president. That, I have a and, feeling that won't be an issue at all in this. You're right, because we're going to be too busy talking about things like immigration, and there's just, no one's going to want to talk about climate change. Would you like to see climate change discussed a little bit more? Policy-wise, I don't know. I don't know what we can do. Uh, you know, it's weird to have this job because uh, climate change is such a depressing topic that you either got to deny it or you ignore it or you just get really depressed by it. And that's, like, why they brought me in. They were like, can we make it funny? And I was like, well, mm-hmm. we'll give it a shot, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's all we're doing. And, we, you know, <clears throat> even the source, the source of comedy is we're either making fun of the people who deny it or we kind of got to get dark with it where it's like, oh, well, we're all fucked, you know, here right. in, in about 50, like literally if you look at the hardcore science of it, no more glaciers. Uh, so the sea levels go up, but yet the water that we're drinking goes down. Um, it's just it's a doomsday scenario. And now that's what I think the Pope is saying. That's what a lot of people are saying is like if you really look at the, the science of climate change, if it's all if we continue on this path. And that's a weird thing, too, about climate change. At, at any point, we could all just get our shit together and, and you know, scale back on all the things that are causing climate change. I mean, what we are literally at the turning point and we're just kind of we just we're just driving. We're just stepping on the gas, man. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Is that a cliff? Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's fucking hold hold my hand. Yeah. Well, it's kind of romantic. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, we're all yeah. going Bonnie down together. Yeah, Bonnie yeah. and Clyde, or what's those? Natural gals? born killers, something like that. Yeah, Thelma and Louise. Thelma yeah. and yeah. Louise. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. just holding our hands with uh, mm-hmm. the ignorance of science and denying all that and just saying, let's go. Let's but go. really, what could be done? Because just the other day, and I that's had where five. I'm at. Yeah, I'm, had, I'm also yeah. pessimistic that we can do anything at this point. I, I mean, had five lean cuisines yesterday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, and I put you them just... all together in a bowl, but it all comes through <laughs> the, the plastic wrap is, is, uh, is amazing for these little lasagnas mm-hmm. and there so, is say yeah. some pizza too I had oh, a little pizza hey. yeah and uh, okay. what else did I have oh I had some shells and cheese oh, fake yeah. shells fake cheese and I loved it all I have cancer <laughs> yeah, I actually developed cancer because of it, which is very exciting, but it was all worthwhile. But the amount of packaging and uh, and things like that that's used, I mean, how would we ever get rid of it, especially now with Amazon? People mm. don't even go to the store anymore to shop. Everything is delivered. That's mm-hmm. just like the bubble wrap that comes in those packages alone mm-hmm. are extremely fun, but, you know, extremely damaging. All of that is uh, petroleum, uh, petroleum-based plastics. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's no – I mean, I – 
at the very least with bubble wrap, you know, I respect fish, and I know for a fact they like to pop it. Mm. You know, I know fish love to pop a little bubble wrap, and they get a little oxygen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's that? Yeah, That's kind of crazy. They're just sucking on, yeah, sucking on the bubbles. Yeah, they're huffing it. The bloop is down there, huffing on all the plastic wrap, getting more powerful mm. every day. Mm. But what would be the—I mean, if you're if you're a president, if you're, let's just say Donald Trump again, I'm going to create jobs. What president can be like, we need less— we need less of anything, less plastics. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't. What's like if we're gonna da- if we're gonna do this, if yeah. we're gonna change things on climate, then people are gonna lose jobs. The, right. the what you have to do is you have to replace them. You have right. to say like, okay, we're gonna do less of this, but we're gonna do more of this, and you've got to find some almost impossible. It's an almost impossible task where you transfer the workers from one to the other. Like you, but it's tough. Like, yeah, are you? So what are you? What are you gonna do? But like transfer people that work in uh, petroleum engineering right. to solar panels? It's not the same size. It's not the right, same size right, right, at right, all. Right. right, that's exactly what... So I was just in coal country back in good old sweet Ohio uh, last week, and that's a video we're putting out on Friday. I went and interviewed um, these very nice rednecks over at um, a power, <laughs> Powerline Park, which, uh, can you guys guess why it's called Powerline Park? Because it's full of a beautiful playground and children are running around and You're there's way a lot off, of grass. Then. Oh, there's okay. a bunch of power lines <laughs> oh, coming I from see. the coal plant. Children, but bald ones. Yeah, right. Oh, I see. Yeah, kind yeah of imagine children with blood. five arms. Uh, uh-huh. They look great. No, but uh, and that's essentially, you know, I'm just interviewing these people who they're from coal country. That's what they were saying. It was like, what are you going to you're just going to take away all these people's jobs? You know, these, right. these are hardworking people. This is what they're good at. And unless, of course, you can transition them. You know, that's what's so funny about this issue. It's like that's the problem is that there's jobs at stake and to switch everybody from harvesting coal and oil and natural gas over to solar and wind. It's how do you do that? That's such a, a massive you, right. you got to change, and it's not, it's more than just government policy. You got to change people's minds. You exactly. got to change a coal miner who's been digging coal, and all his granddaddies died a black lung, but he still is doing it. He's going to stick to. You got to tell him, no, no. You got to uh, learn how this windmill works now. Well, you just um, have to somehow convince him that it doesn't make you gay, right? <laughs> you know, because that's seriously where it like, oh, wind power's gay, solar yeah. power, solar, no, power solar panels are not gay. gay. Right. You can't put a man who's been underground his entire right, life, right, 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 two hundred feet in the sky. Yeah. That's a good point. You can't do. Right. I'm I'm allergic to the sun. It makes me <laughs> sad. Yep. I'm gonna go wash my face now. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you were in Ohio. You ran for Congress in Ohio. Sure. And that was a big issue too. When I, as a libertarian, my stance, I actually fill out a Sierra Club um, questionnaire, and uh, my friend worked for the Sierra Club, and I was like, "What's the inside info?" He's like, "Well, they're definitely not going to give you their endorsement, <laughs> but they were very impressed with everything you said because what I pointed out is that the government." Federal government gives billions of dollars in subsidies to the coal companies, to the oil companies. I mean, oil and coal are not sustainable industries. Uh, they only survive because the government is just like with the with the airplanes and everything. We are funneling billions of tax dollars to them. It's called corporate welfare to make right. sure they they meet their bottom line. And if we pulled all that from those those industries would collapse. And then if you took those billions of dollars and actually just funneled them over to solar, wind, and transferring people's jobs into those industries, you, you could probably see some some progress made. So that was that was one of my things I point out when I ran. So we're Congress, fifty years yeah. away from New York City being underground or underwater, and us all being uh, guppies, and hopefully we can adapt gills by then, so we can continue to pay higher prices in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Mm. Um, what? How long do you think it would take? 
if you would start to funnel a little bit more money. I mean, Obama tried to do it a little tried, bit. In 2008, but, that was the hot issue. Right. This was, I remember Dick Gebhardt, uh, good old Dicky Dickie G. I, yeah, you remember him? him in years, yeah. I know, right? I was just... Captivating man. Oh, so... Dick Gebhardt. Are yeah. you going to kill the Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gebhardt, will you Gephardt. kill the Batman? Yeah. Uh, Gebhardt, think about the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a guy who's definitely doing shady dealings in a back alley with a fat dude. Uh, yeah, he was all about it. He was all about uh, the shady dealings in the, in the, with the fat people. Um, right. He was very much just like, this is a no-brainer. We need jobs. We need to improve the environment. Uh, put it together. You know, that's yeah. where the government should be directing their resources. But we're just not at that point now. Now we're just you know now we're just trying to make sure the government doesn't you know uh, look at my dick pics you know. Well, what was the um, what was the supposed scandal with Obama? Salandra. Oh, that's right. Salon- Salon- it was Way a solar company in yeah. California. That's right. Yeah, a solar company in California, and but that's, that's they, what so many people use to like to say like, no, we can't do this. This is how they use that as an example of mm-hmm. why people yeah. like because you ask like, why would these people ever lie about mm-hmm. this science? Why would they do that? It's like, well. Look at this right here. Yeah. Like, look, look at what they did right here. This right, is why. Right. That was no. just a business that they gave some money in hopes that it would do well, and then it folded, and they're like, well, then we – I mean, they should have – yeah, that business, that was a big hit. No, but yeah. that, that's that's right on point. That's yeah. what the government was doing is they were investing – you know, a part of the new budget was to invest in green companies. And I remember my old boss, right. Matthew Lesko, uh, the question mark wearing uh, suit guy – uh, you remember yeah, him? Free, free money from the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was he was really big on that, and so I had to cover that for him for a little bit. And we uh, we basically covered companies that were getting government grants for being right. a green company, and, and it was a real hot idea. But then you had lemons like Salandra, whereas they gave him what three hundred million dollars or something ridiculous, yeah. And the company did nothing with it, and it was a, a pure waste of money. So right. in theory, the government had the right idea. Um, but again, if you want to go back to hardcore libertarian economics, that will fail every single time. But if you really want to go hardcore, hardcore libertarian economics, Get you there. would not be giving any billions of dollars to the oil and coal companies and car companies like we've been doing for decades. And those would collapse and, and the market would figure out, oh, wait, uh, solar and wind and uh, natural gas are actually much more efficient and better. But if that would collapse under a president's watch, I mean, everything would be oh, in the shambles man, and the, the person would be, be considered the worst president yeah, in history. Yeah, exactly. Right? So no one wants to chance that. I think that's why we never get to progress. It's like actual, right. that's why things never change because if you really want to have a change, whether it's on climate change or a host of other issues, uh, you know, even civil liberties, right? Like Chris Christie's out there saying, well, if the, ne- if the next terrorist attack is going to be on Rand Paul's hands because Rand right. Paul has been so anti-NSA. You know, it, Rand Paul just doesn't want them to collect bulk records. And now, you know, if a terrorist attack happened under President Paul and he, you know, he killed that NSA program. Yeah. That's everyone will look at me like, well, you just you congratulate. This is your legacy now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's like we just gotta keep putting up with the status quo. I mean, what, what happened to the days when like Franklin Roosevelt let Pearl Harbor happen because he knew we had to get into World War Two? Think about it. Those days were uh, 14 years ago, September 11th, <laughs> 2001. <laughs> if you really think about it, yeah. <laughs> what are some lessons that you learned when you ran? You know, when you you ran for mayor, you mm-hmm. ran for Congress, mm-hmm. and now we have people like uh, Donald Trump. The one thing is he is getting uh, the airwaves are paying all the attention to him. It's really hurting the Scott Walkers of the world. Thank God Scott Walker is bat boy. 
Scott Walker is Bat Boy from the National Enquirer. No one should vote for oh, Scott he Walker. Is. He is, but yeah. uh, he's he's taking out you know the Bobby Jindals of the world and mm-hmm. you know these sort of low level uh, bottom tier candidates with little name recognition. What are, what would be your strategy if you are sort of a low level dude as a person who has uh, a history of running uh, for political office? How would they? How can they? Other than attach themselves to Trump's message, which seems which seems to be uh, kind of a common thing that they're doing right now which is insane uh marco yeah, they're all Rubio. defending him right yeah, marco rubio's defending him and ted cruz uh, ted cruz is defending him so the, the latino guys are defending him yes I, which i don't understand because they don't want their party to be seen as racist so they're just so desperately fighting against the narrative that donald trump has created jeez what would you say <laughs> is something that they should do to stand out a little bit what them marco marco and ted yeah uh be more latino I would really just Latino it up at this point. If you really if all gonna, Spanish all the time, all Spanish all the time. Jeb Bush is speaking yeah. Spanish. He's putting out videos in Spanish. You're gonna let Jeb Bush run in on your Latino vote? You're Latino. <laughs> you're yeah. Rubio. You're Cruz. Why are you letting this guy? He's out there, you know, sending out special Cinco de Mayo messages and right. uh, and I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I I think they got to Latino it up. Yeah, I think you got to go hardcore. Let's get a video of Ted Cruz running over the border and saying, "You know what? I didn't have to do that, but I did. I'm Ted Cruz. I proved this <laughs> message." Yeah, that's. A, I would love to see a presidential candidate whose just slogan run. is, that's "I didn't know." Yeah. Slogan is just, right. "I didn't have to do that, but I did." That's right, literally exactly. what Donald Trump is saying right <laughs> now. I don't doing. have to run, but I am. If you think that was James O'Keefe, uh, my old boss, James O'Keefe, that was a hot video he made last year where he dressed up like Osama bin yeah. Laden and waited across the uh, Rio Grande, which is not Grande at all. Uh, and uh, and then he was like, "If I can do that, anybody can do that." You know, right. that was like his whole point. So. And James O'Keefe, of course, he's the one responsible for the acorn scandal what's the name of his organization again project veritas veritas is latin for truth oh yeah project truth (laughs) and uh he's based out of new jersey so you know that's right good yeah you know it's right the truth of new jersey james o'keefe what lessons did you learn yourself running for congress for the listeners out there who may want to do it because you didn't know everyone should do it everyone if you're to all the listeners out there who are thinking about running for any kind of office, local office. This is actually one of the things I talked about when I was back in Ohio. We did a uh, a libertarian social for the Franklin County Libertarian Party. We had a lot of people uh, there. I also went to the Ohio. It's the uh, Flappers Night over here at the Franklin County Libertarian Party <laughs> Look, Square Dance. Everyone <laughs> Come calm on down. down. Everyone calm down. There were, el- there were 11 people there. Whoa. Very good. Oh, wait, there were 15. They were very excited about no. it. I also went to the Ohio. Well, it looks like we're going to have to order a second pizza. That showed lower expectations. I heard 15 and I was like, oh, they must have been sad. They were thrilled. <laughs> they were, no, they were thrilled. Uh, and then, of course, I went to the Ohio Democratic Party state dinner. Uh, and met some other local candidates there. Everyone who runs for local office, it's the same deal. They're concerned about their community. They want to get into it, and they're usually very smart people. Right. Um, so if your listeners, if any of your listeners fit that uh, that th- that description, I'd say do it. i say run. They when all I, do. When, was, I, yeah. well, when I ran for mayor, I had one core issue, and that was I lived in the southwest corner of my little suburb town, and uh, we didn't have any representation in City Hall on uh, City Council or on any planning commissions or anything. And as a result of that, there was a backroom smoky cigar uh, deal where the local university, Capital University, uh, managed to get the director of development, this real shitbag named Dan Lorak. 
I think that's his name. Real sack of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, see what he's doing now. I think it's L O R E K. Uh, last I heard, he got a ticket at the airport for arguing with the the TSA. Yeah, so, I heard he was good friends with a guy named Jared Fogler. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah that's the, what I heard too. The ben Subway yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whitehall City official arrested at Port Columbus Airport. That's him. That's him. Yeah, that yeah. was the guy. There he, you go. Yeah, he looks terrible. He look, he's Look such that, a douchebag. He's such a douchebag. Uber chode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy. He used to, you know, when my dad would go to these planning commission meetings and be like. Uh, yeah, the university's buying up these properties, and you guys are rezoning this, and now they're just knocking down houses. Dan Lorick was the guy who'd be shaking his head like, yeah, no, these, these minions don't get it. Right. So when I ran for mayor, my main issue was to get more representation from Southwest Bexley into City Hall. As a result of me running for mayor, I of course, as you know, I got sixth place. I got 5% of the vote. That's, That's great, though. Those 201 votes, I beat, you know, there are eight people running, including myself. I beat the gay guy and the high school kid. <laughs> um, wow. God bless Bexley. What a town. <laughs> and, of course, the best part was is that I became friends with the guy who did win mayor, and I could go to City Hall, and we would shoot the shit for an hour or more, and he put my mom and several neighbors on planning commissions, and then two years later, we actually had a guy down the street a legit business guy with a family and a house and everything, and he got elected to city council. So it worked out. It, yeah, exactly. At the and local you started, level, but you're the one who started it. Yeah, because I started mouthing off about the Southwest Master Plan, and then everyone was like, "You're right. That is a shitty deal." And then, right. uh, it, it, yeah, and within two years, turned it around. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, is the chat saying anything regarding Does climate change? Does anybody want to run for local office? Well, they are arguing right now whether n- nuclear energy is safe or clean enough. Uh, well, I yeah. will say this on that subject, Marcus. <laughs> I've seen a lot of YouTube clips. Uh, in reality, <laughs> nuclear energy, from what I can what I what I understand is very very safe. Well, but, well right, one, yeah. for the most part, yeah. unless of course you're Japan. But I say don't make them in uh, places that tsunamis happen all the time. <laughs> right. Well, what Mill Dog on the chat all is right. arguing is that they put the waste, the nuclear waste, down in abandoned mines right. in Nevada. Right. Now right. I know that was definitely the the case in the past. Are they still doing that to this day? Have they come upon any sort of new technique in which radioactive waste is not produced? I don't know. I mean, the waste is always bad. That was the problem. With the, the Japanese, uh, they had some a reactor that kept just putting all this nuclear waste into the ocean after the, the earthquake slash tsunami. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the problem. If done right, it's actually fine. But then when you just have, you know, uh, natural disasters, whether it's an earthquake or a tsunami or just something going horribly wrong, then it's literally the worst thing ever. Yeah. So I don't know how you balance that. I, again, you know. A lot of the, uh, I mean, it's a very difficult subject. It's another one of those very difficult to broach political subjects, politically to broach, because you're just like, I'm for nuclear energy. And everyone's just like, what? <laughs> you're for three-eyed fish? Yeah. Oh, really? Isn't that yeah. something, Mr. Burns? Yeah, right, you right. You know, it's just one of those really, it's an, it's an impossible political winner, I think. Um, and then they also just accuse you of being Iranian. <laughs> you know, which that's the, which that's not good either. But I did watch a uh, a crew went to Chernobyl. Chernobyl has no more signs of nuclear problems whatsoever. There's okay. no, uh, you know, and things like that. So I agree that would be. A, we we'll do some research on on the uh, nuclear issue, and I agree with you. Uh, that would be a really interesting fu- uh, way to you know solve a lot of these energy problems but again how do we get the jobs over to that field uh, how do right. we get the people out of the coal mines into a nuclear facility where they literally have to be scientists yeah. now, like i mean yeah. coal is just such a old school just like 
how do you make how do you make money well you just go dig it yeah right, you know it's right. just it's such an old school such a manual labor same thing with oil you know it's just a manual you're just labor digging. you're just sort digging. of thing yeah well and that's the whole you know that's the guardian their serious campaign that they rolled out was called keep it in the ground which is just it's just basically saying you keep all fossil fuels right where they are you don't dig them up anymore it's a that's bad but then when you burn them that's also bad um you know and and you know that's fine with the with the funny uh campaign what we're trying to do is is kind of make it darkly funny right so when we're rolling out this video on friday about the coal guys back in ohio we're also rolling out a bunch of great memes we're rolling out a lot of funny memes <laughs> boy am i looking forward to more memes <laughs> let me tell you about these memes this is going to stop climate change in its tracks ben <laughs> i know because because these memes what we're doing we're taking the guardians real photo like i'm looking at pictures of actual coal mine. these are devastating these are depressing like how could oh, yeah. you the first round we did were, was actually the most shared thing besides uh, Bonnie McFarland's great op-ed uh, where she said uh, global warming is a lie liberals tell to uh, pass their uh, commie agendas it was the most read article uh, that weekend um, Bonnie McFarland, a very, very funny stand-up comedian, very married funny. to a fellow named Rich Voss. Very mm. funny. Yeah. So along with her article, the memes that we did for this oil spill, we just took a bunch of depressing pictures from oil spills and memed the shit out of them, and the, those things went viral. So we're doing it again with the coal memes, and I think we're going to change the world. I'm going <laughs> to say you're part of the problem. Oh, okay. just gonna, I, I, did a I am using inter- a lot of yeah. computers to get this <laughs> stuff done. So. I did a fake interview with a climate scientist for uh, the IAF. It's on my Twitter account. Wait, you did on the, over there? Or you did a fake one. I, well, I mean, it was it was a real scientist, but I, I acted like a jackass, of course. And because uh, you know, we also have the one that you did for us, yes, where I you did play Doctor Andy Nye, Bill Nye's brother. Yes, yeah. yes, and I'll, I'll put that up there as well. But no, I mean, I, I mentioned to him like, oh, you're not on Twitter because he wasn't on Twitter. I said, do you even care about the environment? <laughs> um, so, but I'm happy you're Zingdom. fighting the environment one meme at a time. Uh, yeah, really, <laughs> really, we're trying. We're trying so hard. That's great. Mm. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, thanks for listening on the live chat. I want to say really quick, uh, Donald Trump, what he is doing with immigrants uh, is the exact same thing that Occupy Wall Street did with the 1%. It's always mob mentality, mm-hmm. and you try to galvanize support. So you yeah, have the 1%, and I think the, the country is like 5% uh, illegal immigrants, so he's just trying to create a mob uh, to go attack a small group of people that uh, will definitely lose if 90 of the country chooses to kill them and vice versa uh, with the 1%. So, um, Marcus, anything? Oh, man, I got nothing. Just go to cavecomedyradio.com to listen to more shows like this one. All right, that sounds good. Travis Irvine, you can find Travis on Twitter at Travis Irvine. Or is it the Travis Irvine? It's the. All the other Travis Irvines are Canadian. (laughs) And they took all the good names. So now I look like an asshole. I hate Canada sometimes. Yeah, right? Me too. But I will be performing there at Montreal at Comedy Nest this Friday. Two shows with Paul Morrissey. That should be fun. Oh, awesome. All right. You can find Marcus on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I am, of course, at Ben Kissel. Thank you guys so much for the kind words about the Red Eye performance. And again, I'll be back on there July 20th. And I think that's about it. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.